welcome to the City Life Podcast. This podcast is here as a resource to journey together, connecting where you can, whenever you can, in your everyday. Enjoy listening. Be encouraged to share, be inspired and be blessed as you do so. Welcome City Life family to 2024. As you look at this, it will be the change of year. We'll be in a new season and we'll be starting our new series of teachings on the presence of God. So I want to wish you a happy new year. And I also want to invite us all to accept God's invitation this year to encounter his presence in new ways. I'm sure we want to do that. And it would be so sad to just have a series of teachings that goes over several months without receiving that invitation to allow God to do something in our hearts afresh and to bring his presence to us and through us in greater ways than we've experienced thus far. So I want to encourage us to open our hearts to God, open our hearts to this series, let his spirit bring conviction and filling and empowering and let him draw close, ever closer with his love and grace as he always does when we invite him to do that. So be blessed as we start this series. I'm just going to lay out um, a little bit today of the journey of God's presence with his people and why why we can see from scripture that it's something that he's always desired to do. And then we'll be looking at more detail at other parts of the presence of God and how that might be experienced and what it might cause in our lives. We'll be doing that over the next few months. So mine's a bit more of an overview today. But I just want to invite us to accept from God that wonderful offer of his presence in new ways in so that we might be those people that are distinguished from other people because of his presence, that are recognised as something different, and where unbelievers or people who don't yet know God can look at us and think there's something different. And in the words of Zechariah 8 to 23, it says, In those days, ten men from the nations of every tongue shall take hold of the robe of a believer, saying, Let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. Wouldn't that be wonderful if that's our experience? Um, in our workplaces, in our streets, in our communities, that people see there's something different. Let us go with you because the presence of God is with you. So that's my prayer for us as we start this series. And I'd love it if we can agree that prayer together and just welcome God's work in our lives to make that possible. And it might, always, it might not always be a comfortable ride, let's face it. The journey he's got us on isn't always a comfortable ride, is it? But I know uh, in the March, 20, March of 2023 at the Pioneer Conference, God said to us as a leadership team in a prophetic appointment that the church was being tempered. That was the word that came, like tempered glass. Of course, I thought chocolate straight away, but no, they were talking about glass. And tempering, the tempering process is where they apply high temperatures to things and then cool, um, cool it in such a way that the molecular structure inside is changed and the nature of that um, substance is changed so for glass it makes that glass less brittle more resilient but even if it shatters um, and, and things do get broken at times don't they brokenness is often part of this process um, of being changed but in the breaking the glass doesn't it's not sharp it's not brittle it becomes those little squares that you sometimes see when things are broken when the glass has been treated in such a way and so we become a safer um, substance we became a safer organization a place where people can feel 
safe and where they see the resilience that we have because of the presence of God and the, pro and the process he's taking us through. So tempering was the word then. And certainly at the end of this year, God spoke to me personally and said he was tempering my heart. So I don't escape. And I'm pr pretty sure that none of us will. Um, that fire will probably be getting applied to our hearts too, to just bring us into that place where we are carrying his presence in a safe way, where we are resilient people, where we are just serving and blessing wherever we go and the process is to, to that end. So we'd love to hear that people are seeing the presence of God in us. We'd love that to be a visible thing to others, even if we don't always see it ourselves. So this is where we begin our journey. God has always wanted to be present with his people. It shows right at the very beginning when you read Genesis um, that God wanted to be with the people he created. He wanted to be with Adam and Eve. He used to communicate with them regularly. He used to walk with them and talk with them and share with them regularly. And we find in, in Genesis 3, verse 8, we see that God was coming to talk to Adam and Eve in the cool of the day, in the evening at the cool, towards the cool of the day. But of course, on this occasion, they were hiding from God because they had just sinned and they become fearfully aware of their guilt and shame and all his innocence was now stolen from them. So being unable to continue eternally in that state, um, they were banished from the garden, they were sent out from the garden. And so began God's plan to redeem a relationship that was holy and right and eternal with his people again. Um, so the redemptive process he went into at that point was to send them away from the tree of life where they could live forever in the state they now are in. And he would redeem them and bring them back into that state at the end where they could live eternally with him in a, in a holy and fruitful way. <coughs> Excuse me. So his rescue plan for humanity kicked into gear at that point. And he made a way that we could be a righteous people again. And righteousness is the ability to make good and right and unselfish choices, which, of course, most of the world that we live in now and our own lives don't tend to be full of righteous choices. We make selfish choices. We make wrong choices that hurt other people. And God had a lot of undoing to do after Adam and Eve fell and after we um, followed suit in, in the ways of being. So we all know that good relationship involves good communication and it's always been God's desire to share, to listen and connect emotionally and spirit to spirit with us. And by his spirit coming upon various men and women leaders and prophets for seasons, God attempted through history, and you can see it in the history of the Bible, to reveal himself and guide people back to his presence and into life walking daily with him. He was visibly present to the people through such things as the ark, the flood, the rainbow, the cloud, the pillar of fire. But only a chosen few had an intimate relationship with him. The rest just had to look on and follow the leaders and the prophets' words and advice and guidance. They didn't have that relationship themselves. The first time that God tried to speak with all his people was when he descended on Mount Sinai with fire, and the whole mountain was shaking and smoking and thunder and lightning were going on. Um, it was all rumbling and flashing. And he was going to speak to them about making them his kingdom of priests, a people set apart for him. 
priests who share and listen to God and who stand as an intermediary between God and those who don't yet know him. Exodus 19, four to six says this, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians. You know how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you will obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples of the earth. For all the earth belongs to me and you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. This is the message you, and he's talking to Moses, must give to the people of Israel. And so Moses delivered that message to, and prepared the people to hear from God directly themselves three days later. But when the people drew near and they saw the smoke from the mountain, the flashes of lightning, the rumblings of thunder, they were terrified. And they said to Moses in Exodus 20, 19, you speak to us and we will listen, but don't let God speak directly to us or we will die. And at verse, in verse 21 of the same chapter, it says, as the people stood in the distance, Moses approached the dark cloud where God was. So instead of a kingdom of priests being raised up that day, Moses became the only priest to step forward, standing as an intermediary between God and his own people. But God continued in his attempts to dwell amongst his people and communicate with them day by day in daily life. And so he, the next plan, the next step of progress for the people of God was to have a tabernacle, a place where God could actually be seen to dwell among them, on the earth, with them. He instructed Moses to build this place in a certain way and this tent of meeting was constructed just as God called it to be. And at the same time, God also called Aaron and his family, the Levite from the Levite tribe, and anointed them to be priests serving in that tabernacle, offering the people sacrifices. And as the people gathered and brought their offerings, they witnessed the glory of God in that tabernacle place. After presenting the sin and the burnt and the peace offerings to God, it says in Leviticus 9, 23 to 24, then Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle and when they came back out, they blessed the people again and the glory of the Lord appeared to the whole community. Fire blazed forth from the Lord's presence and consumed the burnt offering and the fat on the altar. When the people saw this, they shouted with joy and fell face down on the ground. So they're, they're absolutely overjoyed at the presence of God, but they're still not in that place of communion with him that God designed them to be. So with Aaron's family, the Levites set apart as priests, there was a further step towards a kingdom of priests, but there was still a long way to go. God's presence, his, holy, his glory filled the tabernacle, appearing as a cloud by day, and at night time it would glow with fire inside the cloud. And when the cloud stayed, the people stayed, and when the cloud lifted, they followed it to wherever God led them next. And this continued throughout their journey in the wilderness. And next we see something more permanent established. As the people of God settled, so the temple was brought into being, a place again where the ark of God's presence was placed, where his presence could be found amongst his people. And you can read about that in 1 Kings 8 and 2 Chronicles 7. And when this temple was finished by Solomon, a thick cloud again came down, filled it with the glorious presence of God, Fire burned up the offerings once again 
and Solomon dedicated it as a place of prayer, forgiveness and guidance for God's people and a place where others seeking God would find him. So God's presence was clearly visible in these glory clouds, fire, thunder and lightning in these places where the people could now go. But it was still only a kingdom with a few priests, not a kingdom of priests as God designed in the very beginning that it should be. And sadly, as a consequence of the people's unfaithfulness, the temple ended up getting destroyed. And even though there were attempts to restore it, and it was restored at times, it was not to be the vehicle for God dwelling with all his people. The prophet Joel gave insight into God's next step to achieve his eternal plan for his relationship with us and our relationship with him and the rest of the world. In Joel 2, God calls for a turning back to him. Verse 12 and 13 of Joel 2 says this, Turn to me now, give me your hearts. Don't tear your clothing in your grief, but tear your hearts instead. Return to the Lord your God. Because the people of God had become a mockery and a joke amongst people who didn't know God, amongst unbelievers. And they just basically were saying to the people of God, has your God left you? So instead now of holding onto their robe and saying they wanted to go with them because the presence of God with them, now they're mocking them and saying, your God's gone, he's left you. And it says in verse 18 that the Lord would pity his people and jealously guard the honour of his land and his people. And he promised to restore them and release his spirit among them. Verse 28 and 29 of Joel 2 says, Then after doing all these things, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. So here we have again the plan for the whole family of God to be a kingdom of priests. It's the culmination of God's plan to live with his people, be present with them, talking, sharing and guiding on a daily basis. But first, before that could happen, there needed to be a redeemer a redeemer of humanity, to make God's plan possible. Because the only one that can ensure that God can indwell us was God himself in the form of Jesus. He had to make us a people who could contain the presence of God because we were a holy people. And so he had to make that possible by making us a holy people, by sacrificing himself on behalf of us. And so Jesus, fully God, fully human, came to earth and became the priest and the sacrifice that could stand between God and man and make everything right again, breaking the curse of sin and death over all humanity. And that had been there ever since Adam and Eve had fallen. And through Jesus, it was made possible to be free of that sin and its wages and that sinful nature that we're all born with. So Jesus came to do that, and then we've just celebrated, haven't we, his birth. Um, and it's not that long before we be celebrating what he did in his sacrifice on the cross and in his resurrection for us. But that was the plan, to be the redeemer so that we can have God indwelling by his spirit in the way that Joel too was describing. It says in John 1, 14, the word became flesh 
and made his dwelling, which translates tabernacle, among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And Jesus, like the tabernacle and the temple before him, was present among humanity, but only able to be in one place at one time. And his time on earth was given to reveal the kingdom of God, to make a way known to the Father through him and through his death and his resurrection. And he made that way possible for all people to receive the spirit poured out and for God to dwell eternally with us again. Jesus told his followers that he'd returned to the Father, but the Holy Spirit would be sent to come and fill them with power and the presence of God so they could be God's witnesses throughout the earth. John 16, 7 and 13 says that. It is best, in fact, that I, for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. And in Acts 2, we see Jesus's words fulfilled, the presence of God coming in just the ways he did before, with a wind, with fire. Again, all those symbols that we saw before of his glory coming, all those things are present in the Pentecost experience of the disciples. And then each one received that flame on their head of the Holy, Holy Spirit coming upon them the glory of God settling within them. And they began to speak in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. And then the freshly empowered Peter preached to the crowd that the word given through Joel was fulfilled in their presence today. Acts 2.17 says that. Every believer now with the ability to act as Jesus in the world, carrying his presence with authority and power, enabled to do the works that he did and more because we're spread all over the world in a global church. We're all priests, all empowered, all over the world. And we can be like Jesus to all the people around us. Collectively, we're his living temple, living stones with Jesus, that cornerstone within that temple structure that we are. We are his holy priests serving him and others, standing between God and those who don't yet know him, making him known. 1 Peter 2, 9 and 12 says, For you are a chosen people, you are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbours. And I think there's a call back to the church to be that, that people again, to be Jesus to the people around us, to live properly among our unbelieving neighbours and to make him known. We need to be that people that is distinguished by the presence of God within us. And after um, this, the book of Acts gives account of story after story of people meeting God and becoming part of the family of God, being transformed through miracles and healings and the experience of living amongst the disciples and followers of Jesus. Does this describe the church today? Does this describe city life today? We have all the same promises over us. We have the same filling. We have the same presence of God given to us through the sacrifice of Jesus and the way that he opened up for us. 
But in 2020, a prophetic word was given to the church leaders gathered at the Windsor Group, and it was given by a man called John Scott. We've held on to the word as a church and taken on board God's desire for us in these days. And we'll put the full word into our resources, but I'm just going to be quoting from part of that word today that stood out so much at the time and still does. John Scott, 2020. There is a new reformation coming of the priesthood of all believers. Our identity is not to be found in what we do, but rather in who we are. It's important to disciple people. Of the yeah, I think of one side is like an individual conversation with God. I think like, day, God, what do you want me to do this day, this week, this year? And and having that communication with, with God, first and foremost, and then being real with your teams and people around you. You know, sometimes I I do some work with um, with a charity in Southampton. And at one point I picked up a ton of other work and I just had to say to them, look, I, this is my capacity. I can only do once a month with you rather than once a week. But I'm just being honest with them and so just take it to where where it's at. And so sometimes that's very accountable, sometimes it's more private. I think it depends what sort of dynamics, but um we're in so I'm in a lot of contracted relationships in a sense of I deliver things and people pay the church for that time. So I can't just say I'm having a bad day today. But there are other times when I, I can draw back. So the seasonal things that have picked in for me recently has been uh the winter beds program so that can be suddenly quite a lot of work if a storm comes in or blizzard comes in and so it's having the capacity for that but not just my capacity the whole team and then just sounding out whether the team is able to do it or not the Lord's that's about really to move good. by um, the Spirit and remove the institutional... I think that's all I probably wanted to cover. Is there anything else you wanted to cover? No, nice to chat with you. Nice to chat with you. Well, and... thank you for coming on the podcast, Paul. I really yeah, appreciate your time. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye, everyone. I'd love us to fully explore and pray into that word in our groups and collectives. We've obviously moved on as a church, seeing some of those things becoming established more and more among us um, since that word was given in 2020. We're three coming into four years into the journey this year. So we can see some of these trends, some of these changes that are happening. And I'd love us to pray more fully into that. And certainly I was struck by the line and wondered what it meant to live under the presence of the person of Jesus. And I think that's what God's doing with my heart so that I understand that and discover what that really means. And um, I know it's about my first love of Jesus and great communication between us, that being established and built on and the joy of my salvation being visible to all. It's about being a called and anointed priest in my neighbourhood, in my community, amongst my people. And I'd like to respectfully say that I think that's what God's doing with all of us and wants that for the City Life family and for his church wider. For me, it involves tempering. It involves some repentance, some new alignments, some tears perhaps, and a lot of prayer. But I'd like us to encourage us to make this year count. 
because the presence of God brings joy. And when the presence of God is seen working through us too, it brings great joy to others, but also back to us. And I think some of that may be just lacking for some of us. But for their sake, the sake of others and ourselves, let's invite God again to have his way among us. I want to end with a story that I've shared at one of our gatherings, but I want to include it so we all get a perspective on how far God will go to bring his presence to someone he loves and how revelation can transform a life. And let's be the people who are carrying that every day, wherever we are. But this was my experience on holiday. And this October, when I went to Spain on holiday as usual, I did healing prayer with a lady who'd been in a car accident some 30 years before. Friends had driven her to her birthday party and holding a party for her in the mountains. And then on the return journey, unfortunately, the car spun off the mountain, crashing and the two friends that were driving were killed and the lady and her husband were very badly injured. She broke her back and was very carrying the result of that in her walking and what she was able to do. The lady was suffering from PTSD as a result and survivor's guilt. And she'd been 30 years like this, serious um, mental health worries too, coming through, not being able to shed the effects of this awful, awful crash. She walked with some difficulty, but her life was more hampered with the emotional damage that was done to her that day. And her marriage was impacted by it too. She held herself responsible and no amount of persuasion had convinced her otherwise. She got involved with the local church community, Catholic church community in Nurha, and had been going there and pressing into God and asking for healing and help. And nothing had particularly changed over that 30 year period. So God sent Pete and Debbie Goodall, good friends of ours who live over in, in uh, Middenbury Lane, on the east side and they just sent them out to look after the church for nine weeks whilst the vicar was off away and that's what they did and getting stuck into community life they met this lady and Debbie said I've got a friend who's coming out on holiday in a week's time would you like to see her she does something called healing prayer and unexpectedly to both Debbie and myself this lady just said yes yes I want to meet her and, and so whilst we did, we met and we had uh, a time of healing prayer, God spoke to the woman directly. She felt his presence. She heard his words to her. And he said to her, basically, I have the souls of your friends and it was not your fault. It was an accident. She said she had never experienced such a revelation over that 30 year period. And she was suddenly in that moment free from all guilt. And so his presence was so wonderful and powerful. It was such a privilege to see this woman transformed just in that moment. Um, she'd hung on for it. She'd gone after God's presence. And, and here he was just breaking her out of it. And she testified um, a week later that she was free completely of guilt and that she'd managed to do things that she'd never been able to do for years, um, including getting on a plane and going home to England for a while uh, before coming back to Spain again. So I just want us to go after more of those times where we see God's presence released upon someone and to just receive the joy that I received and that Debbie received that day 
and the privilege of just seeing God work um, for that lady because he loved her so much and he wasn't going to let her live any longer like that. So let's be expectant this year as we go into it that as we pursue his presence, he will be present in us and through us for his glory and for the sake of others, knowing his saving grace. So be blessed. And there's some questions and discussions, points um, that you can get off the, um, with the notes off the app or the website. So I hope they prove helpful to you. Blessings. See you soon.